Fort Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved. Welcome to Sports Charlotte, the Charlotte Post podcast about sports in Charlotte. I am your host, Ashley Mahoney, and joining me today is Charlotte 49ers women's soccer coach, John Cullen. John, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Ashley. Happy New Year to you and your listeners. Absolutely. Happy New Year. Happy. I hope everyone had a wonderful and safe and merry holiday season. I hope you're like me and had just a little bit too much cookie dough. Not a lot. You know, not not too much, but just a little little bit of indulgence there. I mean, it was gingerbread cookies, snickerdoodles. Oh, gosh, I think we've even, our final remaining batch is chocolate chip cookies. So every morning or breakfast, like it's been for about the last month, is a cup of coffee and cookie. And then the proper breakfast, the actual nutrition and sustenance. So that, that works for journalists like me. But for players, for instance, the women's team who are, they're gearing up for this spring season. Hopefully, you know, they're, they had their fun with the holidays. They enjoyed all the cookies and all the delicious food, but hopefully they're a little bit more in tune to preparing for the actual season because this year, unlike previous years, it's a spring season in terms yeah. of the major bulk of competition. And it's not just training and waiting for this day to, to come. Tell me a bit about how things are going heading into the season for 2021. Yeah, I think it's an unusual time for all of us because none of us have ever been down that road before in the college scene. Um, obviously, the players have played club soccer and high school soccer in spring, so it's not completely foreign to them. But um, for us as college coaches, normally this would be the time we'd be coming back and we'd spend endless amount of time working in the weight room, conditioning, doing some individual work, um, doing some small group work. But, uh, you know, now with the season being the spring, we've got to prepare the team as quickly as possible. Um, obviously, we gave the players um, a good workload to go away over the Christmas and New Year break and to get a good balance between, you know, studies and academics and studying, studying for the finals. We're still then prepping for... Um, you know, the upcoming season. It's difficult because, you know, the Christmas and New Year's season is, uh, break is always an enjoyable time to sort of relax and, um, leftovers and good snacks and, you know, party times, so to speak. So, um, but the girls have been very disciplined and very committed to being in the best possible shape they can be by the time they return. And when they get back and they'll start drifting in here in the coming days, um, they'll have to isolate for four days, um, and then we'll COVID test all of the players. And uh, if everybody gets favorable results and we're good to go, we'll probably get on the training field as a group January 15th. And um, we'll put them probably in three distinct groups, the girls that are ready to go and, um, you know, re- ready to increase the intensity load. Um, those that are still probably a couple of weeks away because of, you know, some indifferent results or maybe setbacks or recovering from injury. And then there'll be a group who probably the spring season may come a bit too quick. They're just, you know, long-term injuries. So it's three distinct groups, but overall the, the mindset is I think everybody's excited to see what it's going to look like. An unusual season, unique season, and um, just got to be ready to adapt and cope. And with those groups, is it a matter of trying to create kind of equal numbers or hopefully having the most amount of players, you know, in that first group who are, you know, they're, they're ready to go. They've had good test results. It's just a matter of fine tuning leading into the season. 
Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, obviously, Group One would be that group. Group One would be the players that are available for selection. Uh, we can train without any uh, restrictions or any sort of limitations, and we want to get as many players into that group as quickly as possible. Um, I think this season is going to be a season where most college coaches will use their depth um, and use all their numbers available to them because there's some situations where you may lose a player or several players. To contact tracing at any moment in time so um, it's important for us to establish that every player has an opportunity to play this season um, you know in most seasons you would probably go 20, 22, maybe 24 players deep, this year you might have to use every player in your squad um, as I said earlier on it, you know, potentially if you have contact tracing with one player it may shut down five or six other players at the same time so it's important that we get as many players in Group 1 that can train um, on a regular basis that are available and um, we're going to need every player to be prepared to play at some point during the year. And was that, you mentioned contract tracing and of course, you know, soccer had to wait and, you know, many other sports had to wait, but at the same time, seeing what football went through, you know, they had a kind of the, the test run, if you will, a much larger roster, of course, but they were able to kind of perhaps provide a roadmap in terms of navigating, all right, here's what this can look like, here are some things that maybe, you know, it could have been executed better, or here are, you know, tips and tricks that may help other teams in, in their seasons. Were there any issues during the fall training component of positive testing among the, among the team? Uh, we had two isolated ones, but thankfully um, it didn't shut down many of, our, many of the players at any given time. Um, we had... Uh, one that was just an individual that she had to be out for a while. And then one at the back end when we'd actually already shut down for the season, which meant that those girls couldn't go home early in the Christmas break. They had to stay a little bit behind to, one, you know, quarantine and self-isolate, but two, obviously protect their own families. But, you know, we've learned throughout um, from our own sort of journey, but we've also learned from being aware of what's going on around us within our own university, within other programs, within national sports levels when professional sports teams I mean I'm a big follower of professional sports and I've seen how it's impacted those teams and, and how they've lost multiple players at any given one moment in time um, so I think we've got some things that we can lean on that we can learn from you know for example you, you wouldn't probably bring in a group of defenders to have a meeting um, and talk about tactics all at the same time with the event that if one of the girls is positive, then the other girls that were in that meeting are all out as well. So you've now lost six defenders in one meeting. And now you're going to have to start um, figuring out how you can move forwards into the back line, midfielders into the defensive position. So I think there was learning moments from the seasons that we didn't have that other sports did. And, you know, we're going to have to be very clever about positional meetings and um, how many players attend a meeting and who's in that meeting and, um, trying to trying to cultivate a team culture, but at the same time keep them away from each other, which is difficult, you know. And that's certainly something that you you've heard from a number of coaches, especially you know younger players who this is their first taste at the collegiate level, and they're trying to find their footing. And I know we've talked about this on previous episodes, but they're just they're trying to figure out which end is up. And now it's hey, you you want to get to know your teammates. But you also want to keep your teammates safe and you want to be available, like you said, for selection. You want to have that opportunity to play, but you also want that chemistry and you want to be able to say, okay, 
So it said defenders, okay, you can fit into these to these roles. You're not coming in saying, I've never played center back with this person before. What, how does all of this you know, unfold and, and matriculate? So with all of that being said, is there a benefit to having that fall side of things where these players had that opportunity to come in and adjust to the system, adjust to the 49ers style of play, as well as, you know, get to know their teammates, even if it was in a, a limited sense, there were still, of course, you know, we again talked about this previously, but having those Zoom meetings and having professional speakers, i.e. Jessica McDonald, who have gone through, you know, the, the bubble experience and they can speak to, all right, here's how things are going at the professional level. Here's what you can implement at the collegiate level. Yeah, it was, I think the fall was highly beneficial. I mean, I appreciate the administration allowing us to uh, report and train, even though we were preparing for a spring season. I know many programs up and down the country, um, when they declared that they weren't going to have a fall season, their players went back home, um, they shut down. But, you know, thankfully, our administration were very supportive of our teams, been allowed to continue to train together, integrate, um, have that time together. So I think we covered a lot of things. Um, obviously, the proof will come when we start to play. You'll always think, well, I wish we had more time to put more things in place. But I think we've been able to educate the players and we just have to be able to adapt. Um, you know, and adapt means probably which team can overcome the most disruption and still deal with it. You know, I think disruption is probably going to be a part of the season. Like I said, potentially loss of players through contact tracing or you may have a game that you had scheduled on the cycle of training that now your opponent can't play. They've had some test results not go favorably well. Um, potentially that you may lose opponents in games and it, it breaks up the sequence. But I think one of the things we've done with the players in the fall, we, we trained in so many scenarios. You know, what would we do if we had to play a man down? What would we do if we had to adjust the system? What would we do if we had to tweak uh, our style of play? Because certain individuals are not available. But at various points in the fall, um, we probably put everybody into as many roles as possible. So um, come springtime, they're confident, if not overly confident, that they've been prepped and prepared. You know, um, the true test will be games, but I think. The tough thing with games is you just got to manage um, expectations and not have us flying around the field, you know, in the first eight minutes and we're exhausted because we haven't played a, a, a proper soccer match for almost 15 months. So, um, you know, it was great. It was it was a silver lining, especially with a lot of young players that they were able to get in and be around the staff and around their um, veteran players. And um, it was, I can see nothing but benefits that came from it other than just uh, anxious to play and see and test ourselves, you know? And like you said, it's the true test of being match action. When will there be exhibitions or is it just okay straight into the regular season this year? Well, we've got one exhibition lined up against uh, Crosstown uh, School, Davidson, um, on January 27th. We're going to try and get a, a three 30 minute games in. Um, myself and the, the, the women's coach Dara Davidson kind of agreed that we'd play 3.30s and try and get everybody some game action. Everybody's anxious to get on the field and play. Um, it's an exhibition. You know, we're both trying to figure out what our best lineups are, but at the same time, the quicker we can get everybody some game time and field time, I think we'll settle some nerves and anxiety. And, and if we can all come through that unscathed and we can approach the uh, regular season which starts February 5th for us down at Kennesaw State and and then it will be a, 
a very congested February and March, um, probably one to two games per week. Um, and at the back end of March with the conference tournament, hopefully leading into a conference championship. And does it feel like, I mean, you, you look at the, the calendar for some reason, the spring just always feels shorter, at least on my end. But is there a matter of trying to just kind of manage players? And like you said, you don't want to go out there in the immediate, whether it's eight minutes or the first, you know, eight training sessions or whatever it happens to be and completely, you know, put all the pedal to the metal and just wear yourself out way too soon. But is there a kind of an expectation of managing the the of which players are trying to progress throughout the spring season. Yeah, I mean, that's the bad, trying to get that balance right between um, trying to stay very competitive in every match, um, trying to position yourself to win every match, but at the same time, understanding that they're players, they're human beings, you can only push them to so much. Um, you know, you look at the professional teams and the rotations that go on in their clubs. Um, you look at the players who certain professional clubs are playing well and then all of a sudden they're out of the lineup just to protect the player um, and, and we've got to think about that too um, you know when a game's on the line you want your best players but it's just one game in a long season in a short season should I say and um, everybody wants to play 90 minute games I don't know if many players are capable of playing 90 minute games at the level and intensity you want them to so it's, a man it's managing expectations it's looking at their workload. It's relying on their test results in terms of how well they're prepared and their bodies and what they can contribute. Um, but, you know, they're competitors. They want to play. Um, and so we just have to continue to educate. Look, today may be a day where we don't need you for 90 minutes. We need you for 60 minutes. We just need a good effort. Um, and so we'll, we'll approach every game, look at the squad, look at the players available, look at the, the, the opponent and see, you know, where and when we can... Not protect players, but, you know, maybe manage players' situations much better. And you mentioned, of course, the, uh, the day that everyone has been kind of holding their breath and waiting for is February 5th, and that is somehow less than a month away. Does it feel like after looking at everything from the fall until now, it's like you can't believe it's only, you know, a matter of weeks until it's finally here? Yeah, I mean, it's it's something that, you know, you, I'm not even thinking about, to be honest with you. I mean, just focus on trying to get our first practice prepared and our first training session and get a group and reassess where everybody is after the new year. Um, I think the heightened um, or importance of it will come after the exhibition game. Once you've seen the exhibition game, you'll have an idea like, whew, we're, we're still a long way off and yet February 5th is close by or uh, we're, we're managing and we're looking good leading up to February 5th. But, you know, we haven't seen these players now for going on four to five, six weeks. Um, so um, I think obviously without putting too much um, thought into February 5th, I think let's, let's have a, a real good assessment of where the players are. We're keen to get going. It'll be interesting. I mean, I'm sure the temperatures will be cold. We don't normally train at this time of the year. Um, you know, obviously we could be playing in some really uh, low temperatures, but... We've got to manage, we've got to adapt, we've got to cope and um, we've been co continually telling players in the Zoom messages that whatever's in front of us, you know, let's just face it head on and embrace it and look forward to the challenge. Exactly. And hey, you mentioned uh, the, those, uh, those 
summer tra- when preseason hits in the summer, there's nothing like preseason in North Carolina. And I know that people, I'm sure, further south, you know, Florida and so forth, they could say the exact same thing. But for, you know, someone who came down here from New York and someone who came over here from significantly cooler weather, it, it, it will be quite the experience to have a, a much cooler preseason and colder temperatures than, you know, the season would typically be ending at. So, That'll, that will definitely be, we'll be wishing you all, you know, lots of cold beer. They're calling for snow this weekend, so we'll see if that actually happens. Well, yeah, well, it might encourage the players to run around faster, to stay warmer on the field. Um, but I know, you know, when you're doing the conditioning testing and the return to practice after the July break, as you said, it can be very excruciatingly warm in, in August. And I, I know when the players are running, they're always thinking how hot it is, but now they'll probably be saying how cold it is. But you know, there's, there's no win-win situation when it comes to conditioning and testing and assessing where players are. But, um, you know, again, it's, it's going to be interesting because we're just, just going to have to adapt. I mean, the fields may play differently. I mean, you might be in a lot of wet, um, really sodden and sort of drenched fields or you may be in extreme cold temperatures where the ball is bouncing all over the place and it's uh, it's, uh, it's something that you know when you train in August and September but then the, play, the games play in February it's again conditions can play a major part in um, the game of soccer it's you know it, it has impact and um, so we've just got to continue to make sure our players are mentally focused um, try and make sure that factors such as weather and cold don't really leak into their mindset it's just a game it's a ball it's another opportunity to play and improve but you know for, for me personally coming from England even you know I, I love those kind of games because I knew you, you had to get straight into the battle and in the tempo to stay warm um, you know you don't want to be a winner stuck out wide waiting on the ball all day freezing cold with you barely able to move your toes so if you're cold get moving get working and get you know get pressing and closing people down <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And hey, the uh, I guess the treat would be having to play in the snow, but that was always something that we looked forward to. But I'm not sure that everyone else will feel the same down here. Like, nah, we'd rather be playing in the pouring rain and the ball, you know, you, you try and send it a five-yard pass and it goes two yards. So we'll, we will certainly see what everything has for the upcoming season. And one, much success. Two, Hope that you, as well as the the team, the entire staff, stay well and healthy and always appreciate your time and sharing everything that's going on with the program. Thanks so much, Ashley, and uh, stay safe yourself and Happy New Year again once again to everybody and have a great 2021. Absolutely. And for all of our listeners, if this is your first time joining us on the podcast, thank you so much. We hope that you will continue to come back here, all of the other fabulous episodes on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, whatever you prefer, or you can head over to the Queen City Podcast Network, check out our podcast as well as tons of other fabulous podcasts. You can make sure that you're signed up for the Queen City Football Chronicle newsletter, which is the Charlotte Post soccer-specific newsletter that comes out every Tuesday morning at 7 a.m., and make sure that you head over to the charlottepost.com where you'll find fabulous soccer-specific content as well as tons of other stuff that we are covering in Queen City. And until next time, again, Coach, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Until next time, I'm your host, Ashley Mahoney. Thank you for listening. Sports Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved.